0: I did Clapperboard Weekend Raps. Clapperboard is the first private TV private station. Private TV station, in yes, I that. Jimmy was there, and then there were no producers, right? Yes. So most of the rappers that come through don't what they're rapping on. They're rapping on instrumentals. One of the first guys that came through in the first night, and he came through hardcore with his crew from Ajegunle and he was ready. Yeah. He used to be a rapper. Yeah, no, no, he was a rapper. He came that day as a rapper. Fresh Busy Crew, FBC. Fresh yeah. Busy Crew. Yeah, from Adjegulay <laughs> City. And Shoki was rapping and going off, and I'm looking at him and I'm like, who's this guy, man? The energy was just yeah. heavy, but it wasn't quite working. And I remember talking to him and I was like, bro, man, I think maybe you're a dancehall artist. You know, maybe tweak this thing. And I didn't see him for two years. When I saw him two years later, now he's the daddy Shoki that Did, you know yeah.
1: now. He had found himself, right? And he was ready to go. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Hello. Ah, you are leaving me (laughs) hanging. It's okay. This is now the Chinaza Onuzo podcast. Indeed. Welcome to Inkblot Meet and Greet, starring Chinaza Onuzo. I
2: never, you can never be starring when I'm here.
1: By Chinaza Onuzo. Written by Chinaza Onuzo, right? And with a couple of people that just happened to show up and a man that needs no introduction. Mm. Indeed. Remember what Ibrahim said last time? That when he said, and this man needs no introduction. It's because you forgot to do everything. <laughs> <I> mean <laughs> He's
3: a dinosaur. <dynamo>. <laughs> like,
1: so I mean, so when um, Zulu said that uh, Obi Asika was coming on the show, and she was, and I was like, at least we know we will, not have, we, will run, we will never run out of things to talk about. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, because so. literally a giant of the. Basically, media and entertainment, entertainment space. space. <clears throat> straddled the Nigerian entertainment space like a colossus. Yes. Wow. So, I mean, that's, that's like Nigerian English.
0: <laughs> <word>.
3: <laughs> Music, TV, reality shows.
1: Yes, you will see the entire film, but, but le, 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 le. We're, we're,
0: we're coming to play. film when
1: they, <laughs> when, when they, when they allow see? us, when they allow see? us. You, Gatekeepers, <laughs> keep him out. <coughs> uh, you, because,
2: because, hold the door, hold the door.
1: So we're very, very excited that he decided to do this. Um, Zulu ambushed him. She, a, yes, setup, man. she implied that it was just her and him talking, and then he showed up and met my hmm. amazing self. <laughs> and this one, you know, wow. so so uh, so this how it goes down. So man. we My are we are ready, locked and loaded, right? And he has threatened to ask us any questions, but we will not answer because yes. it is all about him. Yes, and we want to spend a lot of time, basically drinking from the well of knowledge. Okay.
2: Oh,
3: hey. Wow. Yes. Hey.
1: Welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Thank Obi you. Obi
2: Asika. In case people we were still sleeping on your.
1: You've met my
3: egotistical partner. <laughs> yeah, <Naz>. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's shy. He's <laughs> yeah,
2: very shy guy.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> violet almost. You know? oh yeah. So, for a lot of people, when you mention Obi Asika, one of the first things that comes to mind, and also depends on which year, right? So, if you're like. Which year you mentioned him? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because early notice, they're about to early to mid notice storm records. Mm-hmm. and then Storm showed up and you guys had, like, everybody. Everybody. Then everybody. Radio, Storm Records. That basically was just like, you know, once every other track was like, Storm, 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 mm-hmm. Storm, Storm, Storm. At one point... Sorry, I have to ask this question. It was Olisa working for you at some point?
0: Because <laughs> no, it was like, that was all... Yes, it was yes. as if that was all you used to play. Uh, no, 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 it wasn't working for us, but I'll, I'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. said
3: so that you just confirmed. So there was that, then... Reality TV kicked off, and next to you, you know, Storm was basically involved in everything from Big Brother. There's even one called The Glow Ninja
0: Show. The Niger Sings.
3: Yeah, Niger Sings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, wow. To the point where you used to be a guy behind the scenes, and I think you were a judge on one of those shows. Uh, Yeah, they found me, man.
2: (laughs) American Idol?
3: Nigerian Idol. Nigerian Idol. Nigerian Idol. American Idol. <laughs> American Idol. Mm, yeah, Idol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Idol. Mm. That would be good. <laughs> that thing, <be>, you know? <laughs> you get dollars, dollars.
0: Yeah, you know that paid. You used dollars. to be
1: getting reality <laughs> checks. You, so, I mean, how did you do it? Was it always entertainment? Or was it music and then, and then, and then?
0: No, I mean, I think, um, well, first of all, thanks for having me. I mean, uh, yeah, Zoom, I owe you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me. I mean, the thing about it is, I think for me, it all comes from the home, right? So, you know, I was, I was brought up in a way that my parents were intellectuals and academics and really, really heavily into literature and music and that affected me from day one. So I wasn't really, you know, it's like when you grow up at home, you don't realize that's not how everybody else is growing up. So in my house, I mean, I had to read like, I think when I was a kid, my dad came one day so you have to read like a book every week, something crazy, like every holiday, you got to read like 20 books. And somehow it became fun, which is even, I think about it now, I'm like, this is madness. But, you know, I still read like 30, 50 books a year. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, my mother, my late mother's from Awere, right? Mm-hmm. And my father's from Onicha, I'm from Onicha, but, you know, the personality is a bit different. She yeah? met my dad, my dad would be telling you how cool he was and how, <laughs> you know, he's the guy that gets all the ladies, and how he could dance, the man couldn't dance. At least, <laughs> not, at least in my lifetime, I never saw the man show any evidence of dancing ability, mm-hmm. right? But my mother had all the skills. She could dance. She had the rhythm. Um, she went to college in the States, her first degree, and did a lot of first. But other things about it is she was playing drums in a girl group on campus. Nice. You know, so the sort of creative side I think comes from her. And with that, the music the love for the music I think comes from both of them because my father was heavily into jazz. My mother was heavily into that as well, but she was more into the Motown sound. Yeah. Into soul. And then being from Awara, the bongo high life. Yeah. You know, so this is like Peacock's International, Oriental Brothers. And I'm hearing these sounds all the time. right? And then I remember as a kid, you know, my old man was in government. right? And as a kid, I remember, I think it's the only time it's ever happened, that Fela Kuti played in government house in Enugu. Uh, October right. that's 1. That was a real occasion. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, October 1, 1974. And I'm a kid right I mean I'm like seven years old or something but I just remember this because you can imagine the October one event is like yeah. Independence Day. Okay, yeah mm-hmm. So it's all supposed to be black tie very formal and you know he's got the whole high and mighty of the East. he's got you know the chief judges, the bishops, mm-hmm. you know all the sort of conservative leadership. yeah outcomes fella. Wow. And Falas <laughs> playing live in Governor House, and Falas <laughs> backing girls. Yeah, no, was, oh, with yeah, the girls he was as, as well. He was yeah. actually dressed. Yeah. But the girls were topless. Uh-uh. And, you know, I just remember I'm seven years old. I think I was going like this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you your mom tried to cover no, I mean, you. No, know, my dad was just there, smiling mischievously, like. And I'm looking at my dad like, "You really did this, right?" <laughs> I'm, I'm a kid, and I'm still thinking, "Wow." This is, I've never seen this before. You know? <laughs> so, I, you know, and the thing about it is, you know, things you don't, you don't ever forget. Yeah. And I went to England when I was about eight years old. I remember coming home one holiday. We used to come home every holiday. My parents were like, okay, none of this, staying in England, bam. Mm-hmm. So like, maybe I was 10, 11 and I'm coming back and an uncle of mine, a late uncle of mine now, who was who a prof, he's in the house and he's like, what music are you listening to? And I'm like, to be honest, I have abandoned my whole Nigerian side. I was listening to Adam and the Ants, yeah. Dire Straits, Duran Duran, Shaking oh, wow. Stevens, like full British Elvis Hall. Presley. I was, I was, I'm, I'm, I was in it. But <laughs> I thought John Travolta was competitive mm. with Michael Jackson. Right? <laughs> I was that fast.
1: Sort of you were brainwashed. Yeah. I wasn't
0: brainwashed, but I was kind of like I was bleeding. Yeah, and, yeah you know, lost I, in the sauce. But he sat me down and he goes, he listened to me. He was just shaking his head and he goes, he's like, oh, boy. yeah, I'm telling you, he's mm. like. My uncle's like, listen, you know, you need to go and listen to Fela Kuti, that the fundamental of everything is Fela. And I'm looking at my uncle like, really? Yeah. He goes, go and listen to a song called Gentleman.
1: And
0: because of him, that holiday, I listened to Gentleman like 30 times. And I decided that Fela was God or something. Thank you know, I was just like, literally like, okay. And from that... I remember about 1980, 81, I discovered hip-hop. And it's a rap. So it's like early yeah. mm. days, man. No, once I found... No, no, I'm, I'm literally... I am hip-hop. I mean, we, we're the same age, basically. I mean, by mm-hmm. the time I found Africa Bambada and Soul Sonic Force in mm-hmm. 81, 82. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Grandmaster Jeff Flash. Flash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw Flash in concert in 83. Wow. I saw, I bought I bought Run DMC's first album in New York mm-hmm. in 83. Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, to, I'm talking like...
3: My first... Vinyl record that
0: I owned mm-hmm. as in that belonged to me was mm-hmm.
3: Grandmaster Flash and Furious Fire. Right? You see what I'm saying? And it's kind of weird that my dad actually bought that for me. Yeah. And I was maybe five. You see what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> now you're giving away my age. But, <laughs> but isn't your dad very religious? No. But my mom was very late. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Imagine my dad buying me a record that is not ladder to heaven, and I'm,
0: and I'm, and I'm like, okay. I said, no, it's no, not me. I was, I was, I come from a family of radicals, so I was busy. By the time I'm 16, 17, I'm, I'm promoting clubs oh, okay. in London. Okay. I'm a DJ and I'm promoting oh, clubs. And oh, I'm because they, oh,
2: so you, you were a DJ?
0: Oh, I'm still a DJ, man. Oh. That's how I met Jimmy Jack. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, right. I, I met him by Kate, going to case him out. I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> <laughs> you know, they say you're a DJ. You could ask Jimmy, man. He was like, yeah, yeah, no, no. So, so, for, so basically, yeah. So, yeah, the music, I think my first passion is actually football. Uh-huh. Yeah, for okay, real. Because, and I played at high let's level. Settle this now. Let's settle mm. this now. What club do you
1: support? And a Liverpool. Liverpool. Since '77, uh, uh, sorry, as uh,
2: such a deflating result. Uh, no, no. <laughs>
1: so I've hated Liverpool for many years, so it's fine. No, that's okay. it's have, okay. We, we, so like now we're having seats. I don't know how to move who, my chair. Who would you support? Is Arsenal. That? Oh, I see. Okay, they're, they're losers. The North London. N- Man is.
2: United.
1: Oh, United, yes. Manuel. Yes. How does it feel
2: yes. right now? Mm. <laughs> do, hold on. <laughs>
3: Let's
1: carry no, on. So like, so like when <laughs> Liverpool played Tottenham in the Champions League final, mm. I was like, is it possible that both teams, teams can, can lose, lose? You know, because that would. But if one has to win, I had to say it with. No, we will give it to <laughs> the <laughs> Like literally. And
2: then you imagine Jimmy Jatta what happened next?
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, you wanna <laughs> way. It's we'll <laughs> The segue. So I met I met Jimmy, I met Jimmy, literally Jimmy, I met Jimmy mm-hmm. around the time of my sort of introduction to Lagos, really. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't grow up in Lagos. I wasn't, you know, so when I first started hanging out in Lagos, really, for me is the summer of 86. I'm like 17, gonna be 18 October that year. And I came here for my, I had a gap year after my A-levels. So my gap year, I'm going to go work at the um, World Trade Center in Lagos, right? Mm-hmm. On Broad Street. And that was my job. But, you know, that wasn't my plan. My plan was, you know, I'm coming to Lagos, Lagos to, to rock, party, do all my things. <laughs> and being a, I came with like 300 records, uh, DJs. I'm, I came with an agenda. So I come to Lagos and um, I think, you know, just going around town and I'm hanging out with my... Lisa's my cousin, and we're hanging out, going out, all these different places. And I keep running into two particular DJs, because I'm always checking the DJ. And I, you know, if you're a DJ, you check the yeah, DJ. Yeah. So and in those days, there were you know, clubs. There was Princes and Federal Palace, which was the, like underground. And then there was um, Bagatelle and Bacchus. And Bagatelle and Bacchus were really Lebanese. Yeah. So you know, we had to campaign to get black music played. And they might play you Michael Jackson around 1 a.m. for an hour. And that, and then you have to be happy, right? So yeah. this is like 85, 86. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nah, that's not working for me. But Jimmy Jack and another guy called Bola Freshwave.
1: And yeah, Bola Wave,
0: yeah. of course now, Fresh Wave is still doing it. And he was like the king house yeah. party yes. DJ. All the old school jams. Jimmy was like the guy playing a little bit of hip hop and stuff. So I went to get a Jimmy Jack mixtape, which was the hottest thing you could do in Lagos <laughs> in at that time. And his shop was 17 Odo Street. So I get to Jimmy's place and I'm casing the joint. You know, I'm, I didn't come in there like a friend. <laughs> I came in there in my head, I'm like, come on, some DJ in Lagos. He can't have any skills. What's, <laughs> what's what he what was what, he gonna tell me, right? Not that I had the, had the skills. Had the skills was just, just like I'm what? coming from Flash and those guys. I'm like, okay. But I get to his shop and Jimmy had a setup where if you walk into the shop, there's like a thing going all the way around, and on this side he has four sets of turntables, 1210s, t- mixer, 1210s, then that side, that side. So like maybe there's one, two, three, four, six sets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the first thing for me, I'm like, oh, shit, he's got Technics. And you know, if you're a DJ, you know, Technics SL 1200 or SL 1210, this is the Rolls Royce. Mm. And Jimmy's got like six pairs. So I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So I walk in and I'm like, okay. And the, and the second test for me is like, I'm like, yeah, man, you know, I'm trying to get a mixtape. I never met him. I'm trying to get a mixtape. He didn't know who I was. He just listened to me, some English-speaking guy from London with a high top. My high top was very, you know, was very, very kid. No, for real, pre Big Daddy King kid. hadn't <laughs> kid had even shown up kid yet. Kid hadn't even shown up yet. Kid showed up in like '87, man. Kid in play. So I'm like, I'm like, yeah, man. You know, I'm, I want this. I want that. And Jimmy's like, I gave Jimmy a hard list because I was thinking, you wow, on, Lagos? It's... Yeah, exactly. I'm in Lagos. It's going to be, it's going to have all this soft commercial music, you know, Levert's. And I'm like, pfft. so oh, I get yeah, my list, yeah. I get my list with the hardcore tracks. And it's like, hey, you got, if you got Kumo D, have you got Rakim, have you got this? And frankly, he had like 80%. So I was speechless. I was like, really, you've got all these records. So I had to check myself. I was like, ah, so this guy's for real. <laughs> so I went back out to the car. So I actually had all the records record myself, yourself, up, yeah? which I hadn't told him. I went back to the car and I brought out all my records. So uh, a, uh, game, a nice no, no, no. Yeah, no, I was like, listen, man, <coughs> obviously you're the real thing. Here my records, make a big statement that you like. And if you have anything here that you don't that you don't have, yeah. do it for yourself. You can have a copy. Because normally as a DJ you have two copies of every yeah. record, especially the ones you're gonna use to break down. And that's like how I met Jimmy. And we've been we been tight for thirty five years. I mean, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Jimmy Jimmy is the truth. I mean, if people want to understand the foundation of the music industry, Jimmy <laughs> yeah. Jad is like the core at the core foundation because you've got to understand the way this thing evolved at that time there were no producers right there's nobody doing anything it's like the guys who are producing (laughs) are doing like the reggae stuff you know the the sort of mid-80s pop yeah you know mandators all these kind of guys uh we're hearing them right my jack was about to come ras kimono was coming but if you're 1718 that was on hot for us
2: mm-hmm.
0: we're listening to hip-hop we're trying to find something for us and there was really nothing for us i mean i think that's that's the first thing so i went back to i went back to england mm-hmm. at university right kept doing my thing you yeah. know so that's how i
3: met jimmy jack <laughs> <laughs> weird was that um we we're secondary school and had one of those what you call like summer break right mm-hmm. and then we're like have to have a party and everybody was screaming, okay, so who are the DJs out there? We couldn't afford Fresh Waves. Mm. So we're like, okay, if we all put money together, we'll be able to get Jimmy and then I think we put together like 80 grand and one of us had to go out and beg Jimmy that please just come and play at our party and <laughs> that kind of thing where you had to like print out like these small cards like IVs, and all the organizers your names would be at the back yes, and then the most important thing was who's the dj's so we okay. put this was like huge on the card jimmy jazz <laughs> the,
0: the
3: party name this was when you were still naming party oh no you have to name the party now I'm trying to remember the name of the party but it was just like Jimmy Jazz was huge and our names were underneath it so I was
2: like yes
3: and when you're handing it out people are like wait who's coming Jazz, okay we're there
0: they just say like, my friends. I'm has-
2: marketing for us
0: <laughs> <laughs> no but you know the, you see, the funniest thing about it is you just talked about something that a lot of people don't know Yeah. but when we did if I fast forward yeah. 1991 yeah. and I come back to Lagos done, I'm in law school and again i am been thinking about this whole situation I'm like Man, I can't club to this Lebanese music all night. You know, there needs to be something else, right? Mm-hmm. There's nowhere for us, right? It was just house parties. Yeah. So I was waiting for one of my guys, Dito Lafora, who's like my brother, who was in London and was with me, who understood what I was doing. I was like, "Bro, you need to move back to Lagos." Olisa well, was on TV doing. Uh, NTA right. Two Channel Five. We had no, this before set, we even session, got to yeah. some, I'll tell you about that. And so I'm like, I've been always feeding him you know, music Mm -hmm. videos and trying to get him to play more hip-hop on his show and whatever. But then at this time, there's a guy called Namdi Nehli, who's much like an older brother. And that's the original Storm. And I formed it. Yeah, I formed it. And we did a club called Enter the Dragon. Now, if you were a certain age, you would know this club. Enter the Dragon was 1991 at Western House on Broad Street. And it's the first time anybody saw flyers in this town. <laughs> first time they saw DJ's names on flyers. First time, I mean, and my DJs, even if I go back and I think about it, and I tell you the DJs on that event and their role in Nigerian entertainment, it's incredible, and the story hasn't been told. It's Jimmy Jack. It's Howie T, who's Howie now Howie T, linked. I know Howie T, yeah. And you know Howie, beyond being a DJ, discovered P-Square, yes. right? It's GMG, who a lot of people don't even remember. GMG and Howie were partners. And GMG was married to... Peace. I am Osigwe. Segway. Oh really? Wow. Yes. And Gmg, <laughs> wow. Gmg, is a co-creator of the AMA. Right? If you <laughs> think about that, wow. so you just think about three DJs. Yeah. And I'm a DJ, by the way. So us DJs, <laughs> so we, we, DJs, DJs. we DJs had a little bit up, of impact. So beat. White Storm. That's no, interesting. Oh, the name Storm. Yeah. Very simple, man. I'm a I'm a comic head. Always have been. Uh-huh. Right. The storm, the name Storm came from Aurora. Yeah. Oh, okay. X-Men. X-Men. Yeah. Right? And the logo was very simple. It's like a black fist.
3: Yeah. And then and the like the elements,
0: right? <laughs> so it's black power. Oh,
1: nice. Okay. So
0: Storm Storm was very sort of literal. Yeah. And um, it's the same philosophy that I've always had, which is that what we do matters. And what we what we will project is about that, right? So with that situation in 1991, in 91 with Enter the Dragon. i remember. I remember this thing so well. It was a Chinese restaurant on the eighth floor. And they had the whole like the double floor, the whole floor yep. of Western House, right? And the guy who owns it was a big Chinese businessman. And he was like showing off to us, you know what little kids, 21, 22, or at least I was. The other some other guys were a bit older. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, he has so many containers coming in every month. Doesn't even have time for the restaurant. You know, he makes so much money. The restaurant is just whatever, whatever. Are we even sure we can get fifty people to enter this space? <laughs> So no no you know I mean fair enough. Well for me. True. Yeah, exactly. true. Nobody, Nobody yeah, had done anything back, right? like that right? Mm-hmm. And if you've ever promoted a night or done anything, hmm. you know what? First night. The first flyers. night, right? madness, madness. So we're sitting there. We've done all these flyers and there's no social media. There's nowhere to print or give this stuff out. And we take this stuff and we um, we seeded it everywhere. We had people in New York, in London, in Ife, in Joss. I don't know how the hell we did it, but we just had you know the dragon, the dragon. What's going on? Enter the dragon. Okay, no worries. Day of the event, we're sitting in this place. 8 p.m., we're alone. <laughs> <laughs> 9 p.m., we're alone. Guys, by this day, everybody's panicking. i like, bro, man, what if nobody shows up? 10.30, total mayhem. I mean, like, okay. we Western don't... House only had two lifts, yeah. right? There's 2,000 people downstairs trying to come, come up. up. <laughs> yeah, there's 1,000 people at the top floor trying to get in, and we're just there, like, trying to fight with everybody right just like people are just insulting everybody mayhem is going on this and you know big. how much the gate fee was to get in? big money
1: 59. you understand it was big
0: with big money let me tell let me tell you people bank md bank managers were getting 30,000 a month yeah. new, in the new banks right so they were feeling like they were I now mean, was like you know they were living the life we split 200k the first night So we are sitting there going like, (laughs) ain't nobody going to (laughs) work in a bank. (laughs) No way. (laughs) We didn't know better, but we thought, okay. But the thing about it, what I'll never forget is, the Chinese guy. 2 a.m., I spot him. Standing behind the bar, selling the drink, no story. <laughs> the bar was there, you were talking wait. I, I said, I said, uh, Mr. Chad, are you okay? He, be... he said, they're, che- they're going to steal my body, they're going to steal my body. <laughs> he wasn't even interested in letting anybody else sell the drinks. I, I would serve all the drinks myself. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> we had like a four month run that summer, we rammed every night. We're once, a, I think we're doing once a week, mm-hmm. Saturday nights, rammed every night. Um, it was a cultural moment for a lot of people. And I know a lot of people went back to their schools, universities, and did the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of DJs started doing the same thing. And what Mr. Chan thought he could do it without us, ah, so he was mistake. like, "Ah, you know, it would be. I think this thing has run its course. <laughs> I think we will just do the thing." I said, "No problem, Mr. Chan. Have a good one. Have a good one. We'll do our closing party next weekend. We did our closing party. He announced something a few weeks later. Dead. He, he was dead by himself. <laughs> <laughs> dead." You know, he didn't understand, and it was something that even till now people don't understand that having the venue is not the same thing as having the people, right? Yeah, yeah. and having a great relationship with those people.
3: And I've got to admit, that's something that I think Storm had coming out of the gates mm. was that
0: people pretty much
3: knew your artist almost instantly. Mm. Once they dropped the song, it was like everywhere, and then everyone's talking about it. So you had like General Piles, you had um, what do you call it, Nato C. And, and these were like the people who were, because I remember. MI then was featuring on a NATO song. <laughs> you know that kind of stuff where we, it's weird. Well,
0: you know, it's funny because people don't realize. I mean, I think it's like you've got to look at it, if I look at it like this, right? Because that period is like a decade forward. Because I left, I mean, I stopped doing it. We did, I did Clapperboard Weekend Raps. Clapperboard is the first private TV private station. Private TV in station, in yes, Nigeria. I remember that. And we went and created Clapperboard Weekend Raps and Soul was Sprite. Yes. And produced those two shows and put them on air. Yeah, and, Olisa was on Spread. Yeah, he was a presenter. but he, yeah. he he was the director-producer of Clapperwood Weekend Board, Raps. Yeah. But I think I created both shows, right? But the thing about it, or at least co-created them, but the thing about it is that um, on Clapperwood Weekend Raps, which was really interesting, because we used to have the rappers come through, right? And they come through, but before we let you go on air, mm-hmm. we've got to audition you. Yeah. So it's like a live audition in front of all of us before mm-hmm. we decide that you're worthy of the camera. And Jimmy was the DJ, right? You see? And Jimmy's the DJ, and the opening and closing montage of the show yeah. is Jimmy coming out. Yes, yes. And, and we make sure we put his address of his shop. So the whole country knows, because we had it syndicated on 30 TV channels, the whole country knows 17 Odo uh, Street. That's Jimmy how
3: we, because like now that you remind me, that's, that's why how, we picked, D, that's why why picked Jimmy to no, be no, because, the DJ at this time, because no, it was intentional. It was, like
0: the thing. it was intentional. We knew that there's no way to promote DJs. If we put him in like that, at least kids, clubs, schools. Yeah. His number's there. Yes. The address is there. His name is there. So Jimmy was there. And then there were no producers, right? Yes. Yeah. So most of the rappers that come through, don't what they're rapping on. They're rapping on instrumentals. You understand? So Jimmy had all the instrumentals. You understand? Some human <laughs> some human beatbox, <laughs> but instrumentals. And um, I mean, I'll tell you a couple of funny stories about that. Not well, not funny, but true stories. The first guy, one of the first guys that came through the first time. And he came through hardcore with his crew from Ajegunle, And he was ready. And Shoki. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. Shoki. He used to be a rapper. Yeah, no, no, he was, he was a rapper. He came that day as a rapper. Fresh, busy crew. FBC. Fresh, yeah. busy crew. Yeah, from Ajegunle City. And Shoki was rapping and going off. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, who's this guy, man? The energy was just yeah. heavy. But it wasn't quite working. And I remember talking to him and I was like, "Brewer, man. I think maybe you're a dancehall artist, you know, maybe tweak this thing. And I didn't see him for two years. But when I saw him two years later, now he's the Daddy Shoki that you know yeah. now. And he had found himself, right? And he was ready to go. And we had a bunch of other guys who were like, you know, these kids that come out from London, whatever, and they were stuck in Lagos and, you know, whatever or they were whatever was happening with them. A bunch of these guys used to come through. Some of them were great rappers. The host of the show, which is really interesting, the host of the show is a guy called Freddie, Okay. A Block was his rap name. Another brother living off crime. I always loved that name. So, <laughs> but it, was a, it was a hard, hardcore name. But let, me tell, let, me tell, let me tell you something funny about him. Freddie today, he's worth like a hundred million dollars. Doing what? Uh, he became a real estate guy in the UK. Okay. Whereas <laughs> it's <laughs> Not rapping. I'm just saying. I'm not living I'm just saying. That's <laughs> <Just laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm Hey. Well, no, no. no, no it's it's, yeah. in London. <laughs>
3: uh-huh. Okay. He's
0: yeah, I mean, <laughs> done very well. But It's just, it's just weird about the connections. Connections, right? yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, but these guys came and all these people used to come through. And then one day these kids come through and they're, rapping hard and they're going at the thing and I'm listening to the fake American accent and I'm like, guys, please, I bet come, come, come. They're like, yeah, what boss? I said, where are you from? So we came from AJ City. It's okay. Why don't you rap about the journey from AJ to this place where we're shooting this thing in VI? I said, ah, what do you mean? I said, you're rapping about AK forty seven, gangs. You've never seen an AK forty seven. You don't belong to a gang. So you're projecting mm. what you don't know. I mean, if you rap about the bus you took mm-hmm. from Aj to Suleire to catch the one that brought you here, then you might have connection because the people around you understand yeah. what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. This guy's like, mm. but they wanted to rap in America, you know? That's what everybody mm-hmm. thought it was. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. I said, listen, I think even just to see whether you can rap in pigeon. pigeon. And it was just like a thing. And you know, I will tell you something so weird. They went away. We didn't. We forgot about them. You know, that's how life goes. We forgot about them. They came back the next time we were shooting. And they came back with a mission, man. These guys came. The guy had like four songs done. I mean, I mean, you know, he gets on stage. And the minute he started, literally we forgot about everybody else. I mean, it, it was it was crazy. It was like, let's say I'm be sitting here and I know that this guy's great, this guy's great. So we know that the show's hot this mm-hmm. week. They're over here, we're like, we don't know what they're coming with. <laughs> so we just yes, keep them is. there just yes. as backup. So we shoot all these guys, then we shoot them.
2: Mm-hmm. When
0: they got on stage and started, Everybody here, all of us, was going, hey, hey. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it, it, was, it was ridiculous. Of clarity, <laughs> <glad you> too. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, you don't understand. And they had a dancer. There's this guy they had. I mean, till now, I don't think I've seen a better dancer. This guy was called Stickman or something. May so rest in peace. He passed. But I tell you, I mean, the way they came out, and <laughs> the funniest thing about it is, we had already recorded an album for a guy called Nadine true black man. And Nadine was a guy who I was lining up against my friend, actually, Blackie. Because mm-hmm. Blackie, right, was like the, the young guy yeah, that, yeah. that people knew, right? and um, They didn't know my link with Blackie. Blackie was a friend of my sisters, my younger sisters. And when I was, I think, when Blackie won the thing that got him the record label, mm-hmm. I drove him to some Sunsplash. Because he was just like, my friend It's like, Oh, bro, I'm going to go for this talent show. I'm like, okay, fine, let's go. Mm-hmm. Funny story about Blackie mm-hmm. and his hit song, Rosie.
3: Mm-hmm. In the video, Rosie is like my wife's auntie.
2: You see
3: that? <laughs> <laughs> so
0: every, every family event, we bump into her like, I hope you're like, hey, you hey, hearing this, <laughs> so, I hope Edward's hearing this, man. No, no. so listen, Blackie, Blackie's like family to me. So I'd taken him down there. So I'm like, I used to call him every day. I said, mm-hmm. I said, Edward, man, I've got this guy is going to end your career. Edward <laughs> Black, he be like, what are you talking about? I said, I'm telling you, this boy is vicious. And this kid was from, I mean, he's not a kid now, but at the time, he's a civil servant in a, in Abuja because we never put out that album. Oh, man. Um, we shot a video, I think. We tried to shoot a video for the first single, which was called True Black Man. I can't even find the dat tape for the album. <laughs> I've been looking for the dat tape for 30 years. I mean, it's crazy. But he, he was incredible, right? And... Um, yeah, that whole Clap of the Week raps basically led us to the Junior and Pretty album. Because what happened was... I had the feeling it was going to be Junior right. and Pretty. No, they're ones the ones sing. that are rapping, but yeah. you know what happened? You heard this thing, I'm like, okay, come here. Let's go, let's go. We, I recorded it in Clink Studios in 92 oh. with Kingsley Ogoro and Simi Apiola. Simi was the engineer. Yeah, Simi was the engineer for the Nodine sessions, wow. right? And... You know, yeah, he hated me then because I was busy fighting over the samples. I was like, man, bro, you got this funny click sound from Mm -hmm. the music because then we didn't have a lot of production. Yeah. So you get this metronome click in the Mm -hmm. beat. And I'm like, nah, 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 nah. I need double bass on this thing. And I'm kidding. I'm bringing Jimmy in. Jimmy, come in, sample this thing, put it in. Can you do that? Yes. Double, (laughs) Double the bass. Can you do that? Yes. I said, all these things are too tinny. So we were just like fighting over that stuff. I said, okay, you know what? I did that one there. Finished it, then I went to Agos Studios and my Papa. There's this crazy guy called Sam Ababots, who was professor, he was on TV or was commentating about football. They had a son, Sam Jr., mm-hmm. who was a musician. So I made the Junior Pre album with him. Mm-hmm. And he's the producer. But I think I was in every session. And the thing, I mean that's probably the last album my son in every session, because I really like to connect with the artists and sort of direct what they're gonna do. Because I don't think it's not as random, you can't just of just going kind of saying, no, uh-huh. no, 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 no. With all the artists, you're having conversations to get to the point of the place where they're gonna deliver something that might connect. Because you still have to find out what's the takeoff point, who yeah. are you, why should they care? All these things are all part of it, right? But a lot of times you
1: don't necessarily know. So this is the question that has brought me as I listen to this story. This was during the Abacha years. This, this is, is before Abacha. Before Abacha. No, no. This is I ninety-two. Mean, 19- yeah. well, I so I guess it's not. It's the lead like, up to the Abacha. So this is lead up. So this IBB. is basically IDB. Like SAP has just ended. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like, how? Are you, what is the headspace so that the makes young. you create mm-hmm. in the midst of all this? Like, mm-hmm. was there? Like, Was there hope? Was it like that the world is going to be better? So, like, how are you guys thinking about it? Because you're doing so many things, even listening to you, I can feel the, the energy, energy, the hope, the aspiration. What so, I'm just
2: seeing is film, film.
1: No, film. yes, more of a series. I was thinking to get down yeah. in my head that the, version okay. the yes. Would, yes. Nigerian version is, of the get down, the Nigerian version of the get down, basically, be awesome, yeah. but that's a whole yeah, yeah no, 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 yeah, yeah <laughs> yes, it would be. But, but I'll tell
0: you this, I think it's like this first of all, I think it's that hip hop attitude, oh. like refuse to lose. We didn't oh. even understand. I mean, I wasn't prepared to listen to anybody telling me it's not possible, right? Yeah. Because you're telling me this is impossible. I'm looking at you like, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, no problem, it's not possible. But when we come out the next day and there's 2,000 people out there doing the thing that I told you they were gonna be doing, you're gonna be like, oh, okay. So I've seen 30 years of people telling me it's not possible. Every time they told us it's not possible, we went and did it anyway. And it's, I think it's like, you know, if you, if you you if you are prepared to be limited in your thinking, you can't really get anything done. Mm. And I think that what we were talking about, what I've always known and what I've always pushed is that there is an underlying global value that lies within the Nigerian.
1: That's true.
0: And that value is a value that globalizes. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people don't have the self-confidence to understand what it is. Mm -hmm. And until it manifests, they begin to see it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, so the journey from Junior and Pretty, Mm -hmm. right? to WizKid filling the O2 in 2018. Yeah. I mean I was there that night, and I can tell you, pretty much all black culture worldwide flew into that place yeah. that night for that show. Uh-huh. And there are two things that made me really proud about that night. First things first is that my namesake, who's my younger cousin, is the one that tours Whiskid. yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting with him in the box, and I know that all the promoters for all the festivals are there. Because that night is not just about Whisked; uh-huh. It was about the movement. Yeah. And I build movements. I'm not really into If I had been a different kind of person, then I don't think a lot of the artists out of Nigeria would have made it out of Nigeria, because we had to create things and do things. I mean, me and Tola Odonti must have moved over 200 artists' videos to Channel O. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not like they paid. Mm-hmm. We didn't charge anybody any money. We didn't take any money from anybody. But we made a plan. We said, OK, you know what? And we got the support of the building. So I'm like, OK, Joe Hunda, Martin Mabutu, my late brother who died. These guys were actually currying the stuff like drugs <laughs> twice a week for two and a half years. I mean, we're pushing this stuff. Waxy gets it, and we get it to Waxy. Waxy, man, when are we on? And kids who had not even been seen in Festac, who had not been seen in Sudeo or in Jos, yeah. or in Enugu, were World showing channel up on o channel o, yeah. the yeah. continent. Oh. That made Nigerian TV embrace them. Yes. It didn't happen the other way around. Because yes. our people are always looking outside. Yes. We gaze outside. We don't see ourselves, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So because they're looking outside, say, so, oh wait, so who's this Two-Face that they're saying back to us, eh, he's here with us. Okay, ah, please bring him on the show. Yes. You know, our Two-Face has been trying to get on your show for two years. But you were t- treating him like, hey, who, are you? who is he, who is he? Mm-hmm.
3: I think you guys probably started So I'll give you one. And I totally agree with you because for a long time, Nigerians always seem to look outwards. And I remember back in the day when you go clubbing and you never hear Nigerian music. Of course. So you either hear Nigerian music at the beginning of the night or at the end of the night to let you know that it's time to go home. Mm -hmm. Right? In between. (laughs) In between. Remember what cold, (laughs) (laughs) man? In between, they give you everything else that you want to listen to. But and I also, and I think Channel O helped in the sense that. When Nigerian, we started seeing ourselves mm-hmm. on the international stage, it made us accept our songs a lot more. And then there was now that gradual shift from us being played at the beginning and at the end of the night to now being played smack in the middle of it. Where at one point, a friend of mine told me where I would go, I want to go somewhere where I don't have to listen to Macaulay, Marale. Which is (laughs) that, you know, I just want to go somewhere where I can just hear something completely different because it was like everywhere you go, and for us it was like gradual, like like a frog in hot water, right, in boiling water, right? Mm -hmm. We didn't notice, but gradually we went from listening to foreign music, listening to foreign music, dancing to foreign music, then all of a sudden we stopped hearing foreign foreign music and it was just Nigerian music everywhere. And I'm like, okay, now I have to actually seek out places where you'd find foreign music. And this happened, what, 15 years?
1: Yeah, you know, it was, no. It was, no, the tipping point was, I guess, from 04, so jump from 04 to 2011. Yes. Yeah. So that's what, how many years is that? Eight years, Yeah, eight that, yeah. that period was, was... Like, 04 was the struggle, struggle, struggle. Yeah. 2010 was probably 50-50. By 20... No, we'll no, 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 no. 2010,
2: 2010 was probably like... By
1: 2010, I think we had 50 crossed. It was
2: like, twi- no. I think, think by 2010, we we're
1: across. though. We had So 2015
2: started like maybe 20... 11,
3: 12? No, 12. 12. I mean, when did Davido come
2: out with, um, what do they call
3: it? I think Damidro was roughly about when I just stopped hearing foreign music in the clubs
1: and it was just Nigerian music. Like, I mean, so Damidro must have been like 2012,
2: 2013. No, but there's something that you well,
1: said that was very interesting. About And this is and I always wonder that maybe this is one of the things that is the difference between music and movies. Mm-hmm. Nollywood is a purely local phenomenon. Yeah. Like it, so that sense of superiority that sits on local stuff mm-hmm. is fully there with Nollywood. Like when, we first, when I first started making, like, they would blink <laughs> as if they could see me before when I was in private equity. When I make film, you, you, you make film? Why? Like so that whole skepticism <laughs> thing because Nollywood was literally we did it for us by us there was no we don't want nothing intre- I mean yes Africa Magic but Africa Magic was 2010-ish. 2010ish but is that thing of okay the internationalization thing because Nigerian music has always traveled right from the Fela days there has always been the globalization aspect of it do you think that mm. turned the... not I think I think I
0: think you see I think it's like this right I think I mean even though the Nollywood guys don't always admit it, I've been there with them since day one, too. Okay. So, I mean, I funded some Nollywood stuff back in 95, 96. Oh, yeah. Not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we all have our experiences. <laughs> you know? And it's funny things. All this stuff you say, well, you're funding this thing, like you're one rich man. There was, there was no money. <laughs> we were like, just stretch one of our cobwebs in the pocket and contribute mm-hmm. to the process. But the thing about it is this, right? I think um, even till now, Nobody has ever really supported the Nigerian music industry. We just made it happen. Yeah. by itself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? Nollywood has always got the support. Okay. Nollywood has. I'm telling you.
1: Well, from a government well, yeah, 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 standpoint, yeah. I would yes. be that. I mean, yes. we got a grant, and yeah. we had just started, so yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, me, let me
0: give you an example, right? So what I'm talking about is this. And the Nigerian music hadn't globalized. That's the cultural music okay. on the traditional music, on, on on the sort of global world music sort of circuit. Mm-hmm. Imagine like this. My first agenda almost was to destroy anybody placing our music in world music. Because mm. once you put me in world, world music, music yeah. I'm out of the game. I can't even get in the radio. I can't get in the clubs. I can't be in the playlist. I'm not bringing Nato C and these boys. The, I'm not bringing the hot boys to be sitting with Lady Smith, Black Mambazo. It cannot be the case. Yeah. you know. So it's. <laughs> very, I mean, I love Lady Smith, Black Mambazo. You know, like but it's different I understand. Around no, no. Build we're trying to build sex symbols. We're trying to build. People who girls are going to throw their panties on the stage for. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. The band, all these yeah. guys. It's not about the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I tell them all the time. I said, if you want to understand the reality, if you look at Burner Boy's 2019 streams, and I'm not even going to take David and Wiz and add to the mix, yep. and I'm a lover of Fela and everybody else, but just doing 600 million streams in 2019, Burner Boy has done more streams than all Nigerian legacy artists combined. Yep. All. Lifetime. Lifetime. All. Ibinezobee, Fela oh. Kutzi, Rex Lawson, bring them all, bring the top hundred, combine them all, and put it next to just okay. one guy, one year. So then you understand that what we have done is, and what we're still doing, it's still look, we're just starting. Yeah, of course, we're like two percent of the world market, and we're just breaking in through the door. If you if you break it down properly, I would say another five years. me?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah, another five years. What I'm trying is what I mean by that is. It's about building properties, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, right now, I would say Whiskit is Whiskit and and Burner and David. Mm-hmm. are arena artists. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. In certain markets, specifically the UK, I was telling them this, fill...
1: like last year? No, he was arguing between him, them mm-hmm. and Yamila Day about whether you no. could yeah, Africa. Yeah, she's great, but she can't
0: sell the tickets in London yet. Mm-hmm. And it's also to do with your representation. It's wow. not just... Wow, Nambala. Nambala. Nambala, bring your head down. Just, <laughs> 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 no, but I mean... We argued this thing for like no, three no, hours. No, but she sell out in France, for example, in Belgium. But, you know, the, the key market for music in Europe is the UK. the UK. But that's the argument. But, like, so we said France and Africa matter, too. That was the hot fight. <laughs> oh, I see. No, but the French, you give them the francophone Four thing, months, yeah. you know, so they have their thing going, but it's not the same thing. I mean, it's like, my boys, out of you know, no disrespect to the francophone boys and the boys from Cameroon and Senegal, they do their thing. Let's not forget, Makosa yeah, well, and Dombele, they're still big. I mean, you know, this is what we build on. It's like hip life. Yeah. Hip life was a big inspiration to me in terms of what happened here because I'm like, I got to Ghana like 96 and I'm like, Jesus Christ, these guys, I met Reggie Rockstone. Yeah, and Rockstone. yeah <laughs> my boy Panchi Anoff who who created hip life with Reggie. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I mean, I never heard it before. I'm in the club in a hip hop club. I'm a hip hop head and I'm and I'm freaking out. And 2 a.m., the music changes and this thing comes on and the whole place exploded. And I was like, what the hell is going on? What is this music? And that was hip life. Yeah. And those guys, Tiny, Reggie Rockstone, those guys really pushed the envelope. And it made me feel like, you know what? We Nigerians need to have our self-confidence. Because yeah. music is about self-confidence. All this stuff True. was about, do you have the belief in what you're doing? It's kind of what you're saying about the DJ mix and yeah. the clubs. Mm-hmm. The DJ mix and the clubs, you're all right. It's We started cracking it heavy from 05. By 0, by 2010, it was feeling balanced. By 2015, you couldn't find American music. Yeah, you know it's like if you hear an American record or a British record, a non-Nigerian record, you start feeling like, ah, what happened? You know, and I, but I think we overdosed. You got to sort of balance it. No,
3: I know. No, we're, we're I full love on. we no, we're full on I'll give I you. I love it. <laughs> we had like an event.
1: So. Oh no, because so Zulu has been trying to say that we should throw out Hollywood films from Nigeria. Today. No, Zulu, so don't Zulu. listen to Zulu. Zulu is ready for the OG. I'm, as I'm
2: ready for Nigeria. Zulu, if Zulu was
3: possibly like if a if Chinese had the bond, if she let her have census board she'll bond. be like
1: China where literally <laughs> nothing <20 laughs> well, see, see the...
2: where China is after just how many years of <laughs> being no, no
1: but you, okay but there's something you said and, I, and our, mm. our producer is flashing I, 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 indeed. Yeah, uh, okay. I, can, I can see, see. I see you I've been listening, I'm listening? listening? I'm listening. listening we're flashing.
2: literally just doing tales by moonlight <laughs> we're sitting at his feet
1: that's what I said i mean, a prophet it's not about me again no but so there's this thing you said and it's sort of about the difference between the opportunities that being in the commercial conversation brings versus being in the, I guess, other conversation? Because world music is important, but it is not the commercial conversation. No, no, it was commercial in the sense that,
0: look, Fela, King Sonia Day, Obediense Obey, even La Baja, even Femi Kutito now shen, they're in that circuit. Okay. They're getting the same amount of shows per year minimum. They'll get the 30k per show, 50k per show. Uh-huh. But it's not the same as having 16-year-old girls uh-huh. in cities all over the world singing your songs. Okay. Mm. That's pop culture. Yeah. Yeah. So what has happened is we've placed ourselves banging global pop culture. Uh-huh. Okay. And that is what my agenda always was, that we're not, we're you're not, not like... You're not niche. It's like Bollywood, right? Yeah? Mm-hmm. Bollywood has great actors that are known, great female stars. <laughs> Guess what? Nobody wants to be them. Mm-hmm. except mm-hmm. the Indians. Yeah. Yeah. A, lot of pe- a lot of people want to be these Nigerian stars. Yes, That's
1: a different connection that we have. So that's I'm, how we globalize. So that's a valid... And Bollywood is actually a very good example because it's a... But it's the same thing for Nollywood. Yeah. Yeah. You think? Nollywood... Of course. If Nollywood... Listen, let me tell you
0: something. This is the to part, it. I want I this part I want I to hear. This
2: is actually
3: be our first part, one <laughs> <laughs> This is the part I want to hear. So like Nollywood... You said like, the, like Bollywood to...
1: Bollywood was How career, you place? how
3: would you place Nollywood?
0: I think, look, for me, Nollywood is an incredible story that remains untold, right? I think perhaps the greatest story that's not been told is the story of Nollywood. And I keep telling them. I'm like, you know, you people sit here, you debate back and forth every day. Where's the story of Nollywood? How Nollywood happened is a debate, right? Mm -hmm. Kill the debate, just make the bloody film. Make the series so that people can understand how this thing came. Because, you know, the only things you see is this little BBC docu from back in the day. Mm -hmm. Forget all that. Nollywood was bootstrapped. When people talk startup, that's the original startup industry, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So Nollywood is a startup industry. So is the music industry. Mm -hmm. And the music industry has been the primary inspiration for the startup boys anyway. So all the tech boys doing startups, they're all coming out of the music industry vibe, right? And Nollywood should have been able to claim that as well because Nollywood, to be honest, came first. In the sense that by the time Nollywood was breaking, the music industry wasn't in the same place. The major labels left here in 93
3: and Mm -hmm. left everybody
0: hanging. Mm -hmm. Sony... Polygram, they just bounced, right? Mm-hmm. So the music guys are now hanging. But people like Shino Peters and like, Yuba were selling two million records in 92. Yeah. It's not like they weren't selling. Do you understand? They were getting their checks, right? But when this thing happened, Bangiras thing happened, and all the labels left, and there's nobody to say, oh, this is how we're going to go forward, right? But Nollywood, right? Nollywood is like revolution. And the second part of the problem with Nollywood is the fact that free-to-air television in Nigeria mm. does not provide... Commissioning yes, yes. because you have to understand that Nollywood is primarily a TV game, it's not cinema. All this thing that gazing at cinema all the time is television. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nollywood is built on television. That's why Nollywood is perfect it's for it's the, the streamers. Yeah, and yeah. Nollywood is perfect for the streamers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just focus on that. And the truth of the matter is look, for me in Nigeria, if you go back to the 70s, Nigeria had 13,000 screens, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Pre Dolby. Mm -hmm. It is the Dolby investments that killed the screens in Nigeria because all the screens were mom and pop stores, Mm -hmm. guys couldn't afford the upgrade. Mm -hmm. So now you have, what, 180, 200 screens, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you, she mentioned China, we don't have China's money. Mm -hmm. China built 9,000 cinemas a year for 10 years, right? That's 90,000 cinemas, Mm -hmm. right? That creates an ecosystem Mm -hmm. that is of enormous power because beyond that, they're creating content as well, they're Mm -hmm. creating merchandise. They're pushing it all through. In Nigeria, you still have a disconnected marketplace. Mm-hmm. So you don't have the content at the level you want it. You certainly don't have the merchandise. Mm-hmm. You don't have the goods from the products you're creating. Yeah. So we're not monetizing through the value chain, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, if you break it down fully, I would say Nigerian actors, comedians, sportsmen, athletes, influencers, and musicians have easily a billion followers Yes. Yes. in really? 2021. Yes. Where's the goods and the merch? for them to monetize their following. There's a big gap, right? So that's why I say that it's still just starting. Mm-hmm. And as we evolve and progress, Nollywood itself, I believe, I mean, it's weird. you know. I'm looking at the numbers and the feedback for Amina, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Top 10 in 42 countries. Yep. I had an option in it in 2017, mm-hmm. and I really didn't like it. I mean, I've been pushing for the epic movies nonstop. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, listen. Where we making superficial things, when we've got the richest stories on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. You think the Greek gods are anything? Like, was, what's was the difference? With,
3: storytelling?
0: No, yeah. no, I mean, Shango and Thor. This is, yeah. the, I say, listen, the X-Men at what? $60 billion at box office? Mm-hmm. Where are the Orisha? The Orisha are the X-Men, 10 times boom. Where is Shango? Thor is $20 billion. Shango is broken in Lagos. Whose fault is that? It's our fault because it tends to be our own lack of... Ability to engage ourselves. So the
3: belief, or lack of belief in the story.
1: No, 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 no it's not no, lack of belief know. in the it's, story. It's, it's in pulling it off
0: properly. The, I don't
1: think it's that. No, but it's not because Amina is basically an example of it was done on a Nigerian budget. It wasn't done on an international. budget. Yeah, but nobody
2: budget. likes it in Nigeria.
1: No, it's mixed. No, it's mixed. It, that's no. a harsh. I think. Version. I think.
2: I think, I think.
0: I think it's like this. I think. Yeah. I think that with Amina, the he could story have made, of
2: Amina would sell. That's it's what i tra- That's what is happening. That's why it for two countries. But the execution of the film.
0: But well, I think well, the execution it's, has its challenges. Yeah. yeah. As, and I, said, I, I certainly I certainly felt that they could have told the story better. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that they made an effort with the period of costumes and the sort of mm-hmm. big battle and that's scenes. The thing. They
2: can do the better spectacle. if they were better funded. I'm you not even see, sure. I don't think that it's let, a... let me tell
0: you something, though. I think I think a lot of times in Nigeria, Everybody especially in London, funding, funding, talk about money, money, no, money. No, money. But comes no, 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 wait, funding. wait, wait yeah. When it comes to When it comes to everything. Yeah, I hear you. But epic
2: especially. I hear you,
0: I hear you, but... I come from somebody that produced well over 200 music videos and content pieces and reality shows. We know how to cheat in production. (laughs) So, yeah, yes, yes, you could. I mean, look, movies are made with half a million dollars Mm -hmm. in other countries that look like they're made with $500 million. It's all about what you're, you know, I think that there are excuses for certain things, for me, no I, would I would say... say see, in yo, no, we don't do that I was
2: about to say, but let me not add you no. too much. But, and again, the infrastructure in those countries... No, you don't have to... Have no, listen, you don't have to tell, tell
0: me. Tell. When <laughs> you see our music videos, you think that is how it looks. When well, we go on sets. <laughs> to make a music video. I always laugh. I said not know if somebody comes to the set of the music
1: video and they see the final product.
0: Like, how did that happen? Yes. I said, bro, so, because we're creating fantasies. No, so
1: even even in Nollywood, speaking for ourselves, we do the same thing. But, but one of the difficulties of film mm-hmm. is time is a problem, right? Of course. So you see, and time is money. So leave aside all of, course. of that. But the chat, so there's a, so the way my head, so it, on, I did the math one day.
0: Don't get me twisted, though. I know budget is an issue. No, it's not
1: even that. I mean. like, so a Nigerian movie that costs um, let's say I spend 50000 in a Nigerian movie, the equivalent production value that you get for spending 50000 in a Nigerian movie is probably the equivalent of three or four times that, even as we are. Of course. But the problem is that like 50000 is generally, there's a base level of suspension of disbelief that you can do per budget level. Yeah, of course. So if I give you $500,000 to, $500, to a Nigerian, mm-hmm. they will make it look like $5 million. Yeah. But then the problem is that when you get Nigerian 500000000 million, they're trying to make a film that should be worth $20 million. So that's where the, the gap is. is so, you so you see, those up. are the things that you see, where like our ambition is it's like is driving. Of
0: course, like your pockets so and your ambition. So, <laughs> so,
1: so, like we are constantly jumping over. I mean, so and so funny. Like we, we 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 call it like all of our films. We are always more ambitious. So, like the one that Damola still drags us forever is new money. So we made new money for maybe a hundred k max, something like that, <laughs> right? This is a movie about a billionaire family, mm-hmm. right? Who <laughs> I And we sit the in money. their world fully. Old. It's not like, oh, we go there for one day and we come out. We are fully in the billionaire world. And you're just you're trying to... It
3: man, just, we're just in tight spaces. And I'm just <laughs> like, please, no, where's the so, money? so my point is like,
1: but you see, that suspension of disbelief, the audience will follow you. Mm-hmm. It, but the people... So, so like, the I was like, no, no, nah, please. Let's, if I go to make a film about rich people, let's never do this again. Because <laughs> you cannot... Because we, there's a certain level... There's a level to which you can't fake the fun. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, but you see... I was like, no, people like that film. They (laughs) agreed with us that if you ask them jam questions, of course, they're not billionaires, but they are rich enough for our (laughs) film. So so that's basically that trade-off. But you see, if that film is traveling and you're saying those people are billionaires, in their head, they're thinking crazy uh, situations, right? Yeah. Where is the jet? Where is the yacht? Where is the all those just things? Just give me the stretch anymore. <laughs> I mean, just, at least. You
0: know, well, just, next, you next know. time next time talk to some of us, we can get you some of those things. <laughs> no, but, no, but You're gonna be getting a
2: lot of calls. <laughs>
0: <maybe>. <laughs> no, but see, the thing is, I, I mean, look, my my belief is that I think Nollywood, right? And you know, it's funny. I think there's so much more to come. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, I, I don't really think. The surface is even being scratched. I kind of feel like there's so many genres that are untouched, right? Yeah. Yeah. I always talk about the epic stuff. I always talk about historical biopics mm-hmm. because nobody has told any stories about anything in Nigerian, mm-hmm. you know. And I, and i and whether it's political, whether it's sporting, whether it's cultural, mm-hmm. whether it's music figures. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if I name ten names here, Falakuti Zeke, Iwo Sadona, Ibinezobe, King Soniade, nothing on any of them. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's just five people. Right. So well, the if story... You,
3: if you had to flip it, for example, and call it James Brown, they're like about five movies about James Brown. That's what I'm saying. I mean,
0: yeah. Nelson Mandela, they're over 70. They're over yeah. 70. That's black American every, played, <laughs> that's played. Yeah. Those are the that movies. Yes. If you go to the documentaries... Yeah. It,
1: it, I mean, Obama so, alone has probably, at this point, there's five movies about Mad Men yeah. just left.
0: <laughs> but I mean, and, and the crazy thing about it is, if you know Zeke's story, none of them is close to Zeke's story. Oh, yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. only Mandela. And the thing is, we don't project our people and we therefore don't tell the story. And it hurts us yeah, because yeah. what ends up happening is it's a theory of reductionism. Mm-hmm. So Nigerians are always reducing themselves. Yeah. Those are, what do no, do? No, don't, don't play with this, get these people.
2: We don't have a celebrity
0: culture. And is it about celebrity? No, no. Is it, is, this, is not, this is not about celebrity. No, no, it's not. No, no. I
2: mean, the thing you said about reduction, about reducing ourselves and all of that. We don't know how to idolize people. In a healthy way, you know the way the Americans
0: do
1: it. You think so? I mean, yeah. BBN would disabuse you. Even no, but, our no, no, no. But singers. I think no, no. But, no, but, let but me tell even
2: the truth. BBN,
0: those are still superficial things. I think what it is is this, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Let, let, you know, you know. The problem is this. This is what I see, anyway. That in Nigeria, and it's it's part of a bifunction of social media.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Nigerians are very emotional people
2: mm-hmm.
0: and very reactive, and as and by nature. For the last five years, what I see Nigerians do is sharing negativity, seventy to eighty percent of the that's time. That's
2: the thing we always want True. to bring people down. Whatever yeah, what, money you have, you're fraudulent. What, yeah, that's you know, what I'm you're, saying. you're a whore.
0: So when you thank you. So because you're sharing negativity,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's like self perpetuating mm-hmm. negativity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's like people that say, "Oh, Nigeria never did anything." Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we're useless. And I tell, I said to somebody, you know, this thing, Big Brother that you said,
1: mm-hmm.
0: before the first Big Brother Nigeria, which I produced in two thousand six. If you Google Big Brother Nigeria, what you'll see is 10,000 pages of African countries thanking Nigeria, the Big Brother. Yeah. That's the fact. We used to watch them. Not just watch them, and we still do.
2: No, we still do.
0: No. I mean the Africa, Big Brother yeah.
2: Africa.
3: No, no, no,
0: no. The African countries, heads Country's of state. Oh, right. Because of the 54 African countries, right. Nigeria right. is directly responsible for the independence of 46. Right, 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 okay. So, and when I say responsible, I don't so just we're mean- you're
3: referring to us as Big
0: Brother. Yes. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. right, yeah. right. Because right. it's not just that, I got it, it. Look, it's like South Africa, yeah. right? My South African friends and brothers, <laughs> listen, it. Somebody said to me the other day, oh, how do I look in the continent? Can you know, South Africa lead the continent? I said, it's not possible. How? I said, no disrespect to South Africa. I love them. But we lead the continent. Why do we lead the continent? We earn the right, right? Why do we earn the right? Well, South Africa declared apartheid. Right? There are we things that know, Nigeria did. We took Nelson
3: Mandela in for a period of time. It's not
0: just Mandela. <laughs> I'm just saying a bunch I of mean, them. the things that they're… they're yeah, mo- like yeah, we multi Every peacekeeping. So yeah. if you go and look at the Anti-Apartheid Commission in the United Nations, it is chaired by Nigeria yeah, from true. beginning yeah. to end. True. If you read the statements made, the Frontline Commission, the South African Defense Force, Nigerians, all Nigerians paid income tax to South Africa for 35 years. Over half a million South Africans went to school in Nigeria free, through secondary school and, and university. And Becky was here free in university. So it's right. not, of uh, course, no, no, no. So don't, so don't talk to me, we're not the same. You understand? Tell him. No, no, I, oh, no, I do. Tell him, Obi. The last time I was in... I mean, I've been in SA for years. The last time I was supposed to be in SA this week, actually. I was supposed to be in Durban. I was supposed to be here. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'll you Africa. have to be here. I'll be in Africa. Africa, Africa. 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 Yes. Yeah, i Yes. They didn't have my check ready. Yes. So <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. So Zulu made the call. I said, no, you know, forget, yeah. forget those Go clowns. On. Run my check. Forget those clowns. Man. Oh. Forget those clowns. No, but, but like you said, I think it's like... But it's also the responsibility of the storytellers, right? To tell the stories of the greats, because we've produced so many greats. But you know, if you if you sit there and all we talk about is a negative, then that's all there is to talk about, right? So it's I think it's always about those people who can see the light and point you to the light. If we want to live in darkness, we can do that too. And some people seem to think that's the best way to live their lives. I just think that's not the energy that anybody should really be projecting. We know the difficulties. We know the negativities. But I tell you what, the spirit, the character, the talent, the intelligence yeah. of the Nigerian has always been world class. Yeah. The fact about it is, do you recognize it? And if you recognize it, do you, celebrate do you it? engage it? And if you engage it, why not celebrate it, right? So whether it's Fela Kuti or, you know, any one of our millions of young talents, right, it's, it's a long history, man. we got, it's just that when you, well, if I really think about it, I'm like, there's a thousand, if not a billion untold stories sitting in Nigeria. Yeah. The world has run out of stories. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't understand it, that's what it is. Asia's done. They've done Asian stories. They've done the Chinese stories. They've done the Japanese. Mm-hmm. They've done Europe. I mean, Europe has mined itself and is now going back to do remakes, right? Mm-hmm. Africa.
1: Yeah.
0: The it's land cool. of original like mythology. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. but then, no, That's the land of original exactly. mythology. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be telling any other stories. Mm-hmm. If you just enter... The cosmology of the Yoruba, the cosmology of the Igbo, you have at least within them alone, you have entire franchises. Yeah. But you know, what I was saying, the reason why I was saying we haven't engaged these things is that's the balance, that's the battle with colonialism. Because when the colonials come and tell you that everything about you yeah. is negative, negative and you then what they have. You believe it, so you haven't taken your title because you're now a Christian, right? Mm. You're, you're conflicted. And that a conflict is the internal conflict that has damaged Africans. So Africans do not actually push out their essence. Do you understand? And our essence is our value. And that's the fundamental truth about it. And when we engage our value, we always win. Because you can't touch it. The, our essence is actually, it's like, if you look at black Americans and you look at us, you know we're all the same, right? Same, yeah, yeah, the same. But we're first we The first cousins. What's the, what's the, the difference?
2: Cause they lost.
1: Most of them are Western. They seem lost. Hmm? Most not of them lost.
2: are West oh, no, I said they seem.
1: How do they seem lost? It,
2: they're not where they're supposed to be.
1: No, no. Especially. So is that. So that. Is, well, no. So, I would totally disagree with that. So I would say that like that double-mindedness is not them. it's their society? So it's not them because they have Who, them or us. No, no. I mean, so so Black Americans have. There's that thing they say, double-mindedness, where you are in your home. But there there's institutions and stuff that don't home. welcome you. Yeah. So, yes, but that's not them being lost. They have fought no. for their place now. So they don't, it's not, they're not, like, not lost. No, no, no yeah. I'm
2: not, mm-mm, I don't mean it in that sense. I okay. mean in the, the whole essence thing. It's mm. like they're there for a reason. They're there, that's their home, etc. But
0: they are black. Of course, they know that. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, yeah, but you, see, no, yes, but you see, but you see, that's, I, I, I understand you what you are saying, but I think that over the this thing about my history. So if I have a, like 300 years of history in a place mm-hmm. and I'm telling those stories and I'm celebrating those stories, mm-hmm. that the way you find yourself is to, is where do you come from? Mm-hmm. And they have tons of stories about where they came from. The difference was like, those stories were not getting told. It's the same thing. It's only like, remember, like we grew up watching like black stories. But it used to ebb and flow, ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. But now, they now feel that they can tell their stories. Remember, there's a time when, this is just 15 years ago, the only black movie being made by Hollywood was Tyler Perry, mm-hmm. right? They stopped all the, like, all, pretty else. much everything stopped, right? Mm-hmm. But now, you're seeing different stories emerge. When you're able to tell your story, look at when they see us, the ever DuVernay thing about yeah. the, mm-hmm. that yeah, story was, would never have gotten made. It continue, like, like just mm-hmm. go 10 years ago. You get what I mean? So being able to tell your stories—I mean, underground railroad—I mm-hmm. mean this, like—I mean, so I—I I mean, I, I like.
2: Their stories. Yes,
1: I like Django Unchained, but I no. mean, as Will Smith said, no. he's not doing that for Quentin Tarantino, right? Because it's that kind of thing, right? Yeah, so, I, mean, I mean, let me, let me, let me, let me even,
0: let me add to it. Like, let me put it to it like this. And the reason why I mention it is like this: the number one collaborator and the number one partner and the number one people that have uplifted Black people on the planet are black americans That's yeah. every benefit that black africans have comes from the work they did so for me i think anybody in Nollywood who is not engaging them as a first point of partnership is missing the point because you've got to understand like this we live in a white world it's not it's not theoretical you live in a white world right it, it is what it is some people don't understand racism because they haven't lived in the west i lived in the west 25 years there's a construct to this yeah. world it's a white world black guys don't get the same access they don't get the same funding and when they do it's because of extraordinary things have happened right Mm -hmm. the biggest funding anybody's ever gotten for anything to do with african music is beyonce for black is king Mm -hmm. and thankfully she used five nigerian co-directors a co-creative director who really directed things a ghanaian chap she embedded all the fashion designers all the musicians and pushed the money through them Mm -hmm. and that is something that no african could have done because couldn't have gotten the budget, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then I see Africans bitching, "Oh, Beyonce's cock right." I thought, "Are you kidding me? You spent ten years getting her to the position where she would leave the. You could thing. do that, yeah. Don't ever be hating on yourself. Just hating on yourself. That's one side. The other side is when you look at like my brother James Samuel, right? Yeah. He's Seal's brother. Mm-hmm. Also related
3: to my wife.
0: By the way. Oh, nice one. James, so, I'm just say, saying, I'm just say, saying. I have a problem. I'm just you know, saying. No, best Rosie, now Seals' brother, who's next? No, no, but James, you see, the thing is, this this is crazy what I'm talking about. James is a London boy. Yes. right. James is a musician, really. Been doing his music music for 20 years. He's been Jay-Z's best, one of his best friends for like 15 years. And James is just who he is. And the movie James made is specifically about what you're talking about. It's about the fact that people didn't see us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. to the extent that we didn't even realize we weren't B C. If you're a black kid sitting in Africa in the 70s and 80s and watching mm-hmm. cowboy films, you're not even asking why they know black why they know people. Black
3: people. Yeah. Because it hasn't occurred to you that. Yes.
0: This is actually an issue. Yeah. And if you're growing up in America, you're, it's the same thing. It's like, oh, really, we're not in the film, right? Mm-hmm. Now, it's like, are you kidding me? Of course we're in all these things. We're in all these stories. Mm-hmm. But we didn't have the opportunity. We didn't have the budget. Like you're saying, it's like Nollywood, right? Mm-hmm. So the Nollywood journey is the same journey as black filmmakers in America. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And what you see is this, is that, yes, in terms of the essence being lost, dislocation does that, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody asked to be sent to America. Mm -hmm. Nobody asked to be a slave. Mm -hmm. But what I see is this, is that, you see, sometimes in Africa, and a lot of times I think black Africans, we don't understand the power we wield by combining. Mm -hmm. Black American women, right, every year, their spend, their consumer spend, mm-hmm. not investment, mm-hmm. is more than the total revenue generated by the African continent. As 40 million black American women make more, spend more money on <laughs> than lifestyle entire, entire than continent. the entire continent generates as economic base, what that tells you is that your primary economic partnership should be the black Americans. But we're busy chasing white boys who are not really primarily interested in doing, partnering with you the same way. And that's the same problem I see in Nollywood. I see it in the music side. I see it in the comedians. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because if you've got the right partners right now in the States, if you're a black woman in 2021, you're hot news. Because everything now is Black Lives Matter. And I tell people if I had a female partner, I'm putting her in front. I, in fact, if I wish I could be female, change my sex. <laughs> no, because... I
2: can
0: get you me. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Perry be, Tyler Perry get upset, man. Tyler, Tyler Perry be like, what's he doing? I like that. Why are you trying to jump my style? Medea's new groove, man. No, but it, but it works. I mean, see, because the thing is, so my feel is that it's way past time for collaboration mm-hmm. at a bigger scale, at a bigger level, because everything we do here, It can resonate everywhere worldwide. Mm -hmm. It's just a function of, like you said, you know, as you get a little bit better technically, and you also hone in on the key things. I mean, I don't, because for example, if I watch a film like Get Out, Mm -hmm. there's no special effects. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that really happened. It's just a great film. Well,
3: cool. About Get Out, basically to someone that, really, if you watch Get Out, Get Out is basically a Nigerian story. Your in-laws are doing
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and not, that's what it is. Well, not quite. If you have been, I've been, I've been that guy. I've been, I've
3: been, I've been. I've been, Your been white in-laws, I
0: tried to be. I've been the black guy, 17, going away for the weekend. And girlfriend, girlfriend white and they no other black people within 10 miles I hope I come back man okay.
2: on, this, t- on this laughing <laughs> note I believe we do need to
1: okay yes oh God, See, especially because
2: we can even hear the, the,
1: yes the, the cinema has started working It has
2: started <laughs> alright so,
1: uh, thank sound. you very very much as I said we like when I said that at was the painless beginning, <laughs> I was being facetious about slightly but about drinking from the well of knowledge and I did not even know how that, much, how much it was it. going to be so yeah, thank yeah. you very much for being very open and very you no know, we don't think I guess when they show up like this, like <laughs> this, but I think this, this was, no, I'm serious, because, yeah. like, this was, like, because, so one <laughs> of the things that,
3: because, because yes. no, no, no,
1: no, 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 no like, so the sense of history, so, like, we spend a lot of time making stuff, right, mm-hmm. and so we talk a lot of, about people's individual journeys, yeah. so this, weirdly, in my head, sparked a journey of a movement. Believe yeah, it, so me, he wants to
2: cry, his eyes are tearing up.
1: Yes, he
2: gets very, very, emotional. He gets
1: emotional. I rarely get emotional, but. and then when he does, now. to cry. No, <laughs> no, but I'm, but I'm in no, the sense that, like, <laughs> no, i in the sense that I don't know, like, there's a there's a thing about where you're coming from that is important mm-hmm. to get to where you're going. And you said it like no matter because one of the things about you see the inflection points and all of those things mm-hmm. and how industries change and evolve, mm-hmm. like it's history, man. And uh, thank you, I really appreciate it. Just man,
0: I, that's a pleasure, man. I mean, you know, yeah. you guys set me up, <laughs> and, um, or Zulu set me up, but um, I'm. I'm but here.
2: Um, yeah, so let's um, just round up. So thank you guys.
1: <laughs> Keep watching IMG. Yes, thank you very much.
2: And listening on all your favorite platforms. Peace and love.
1: Merci Peace. beaucoup.